0: Welcome to another edition of the Parent Toolbox podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And today is a real treat for me because I am speaking to a great friend of mine, um, a, a chap called Piers Day, who is a therapist, a coach, and a trainer. And for the last 20 years, he's sort of been in hypnosis, dealing with sort of hypnosis and NLP. His specialism is anxiety and depression. Piers has worked a lot in schools with children where he has helped kids with eating disorders, panic attacks, and basically just those vulnerable pupils that are in many schools. He's also worked with staff and parents to work out how best they can communicate uh, with the pupils and their kids. Piers is training company is called Lightbulb NLP and he has a Suffolk hypnotherapy clinic um, where he's recently been working solely online with over a hundred sessions to NHS staff, helping them cope with the understandable pressures and anxieties which their work involves. So Piers, my darling, I am so glad you're here. Thank you for this.
1: Pleasure, Um, thank you for having me.
0: Can I just say, hats off, I really salute you to the work that you're doing with the NHS. Because for many people, it's a real struggle. And I know in our pre-talk, you sort of said that actually they do need sort of someone that doesn't hold an NHS agenda. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got involved with it being totally selfish. I'll be totally I mean I'm I'm not the thinnest person in the world and this COVID, I am at risk. So I thought if I have really happy people at work in hospitals, if I get ill, happy people are <laughs> going to cure me better than people who are anxious and, and not wanting to go to work. Well let's um, hope you're still fit and healthy. so <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm fit and healthy, but to me, the reason why a lot of them come to me is because I'm not NHS. If they yeah. turn around to their supervisors or anyone like that and say, look, I've got problems, I'm suffering from anxiety, I don't want to come back to work, it's too much for me, that can go on their record. And that can affect their pensions or their promotions or whatever. And that's something which they're very worried about. So being an outside person, yeah. it really, really helped them.
0: Well, and, and sort of which segues nicely, so you know, nicely into working with kids as well. Because I think many parents sort of turn to us and go, My child won't speak to me. My child doesn't want to have anything to do with me. I don't know sort of, you know, how to help them. And I think to have a little bit of outside sort of support is is no bad thing, is it?
1: Because I don't judge. Yeah. Anybody, if, if a child turns around to a teacher and says, I've got problems, the teacher then has to fill in a report, et cetera, et cetera, much the same as the hospitals. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the stuff I do is content-free. So when we, they come to me with a problem, I say, fine, okay, what's the feeling rather than the problem? And we work with the feelings so I don't have to get involved with so, a lot of the issues, which is great for things like self-harming and that sort of stuff.
0: Right. So what, stuff- what are what are the typical problems that you know sort of kids sort of come to you with?
1: Then a lot of them is self esteem issues. They're not as good as one of the problems we have is a pin. We, we are in a push button world where everything is everyone's tapping on their screens and they don't talk anymore. And the typeface on your screen or the messages that come through the screen don't have actually don't have a tone of voice. Yeah. So depending on what the the child or the teenager is feeling, they will read into it on that way. So if they're sad and they're really peed off, they'll read anything and make it angry or sad. If they're happy, oh, it's a joke, he's joking, he called me a a fat bastard or whatever it was. But if they're not in the right frame of mind, they then go downhill. It doesn't take much to drag them down.
0: So what would be sort of one of your um, sort of pieces of, you know, sort of maybe a toolbox or a tool or a a technique for kids to try and get back in touch with emotions, but to do it from, um, you know, a slightly less vulnerable situation then?
1: It's almost impossible to hold two emotions at the same time. Yeah. Therefore, if you are anxious, you cannot be anxious and calm. Right. If you are angry, you cannot be angry and peaceful or happy or depressed and happy at the same time. So we basically move them away from the overall feeling and say, okay, what's that glimpse of light? What's the feeling that you want to get rid of? And we, I've got loads of different techniques. One of them I've, I've come up with myself, I call the perfect affirmation. Oh, go on, tell us more. The perfect, the PA is basically getting them to concentrate on what they want. One of the problems with especially young people is when they focus on something, it's rather like being in a cage and they can't get out of their state. And it's all about changing state.
0: Right. So
1: if someone is angry because somebody's called them a poo-poo head or whatever, and I'm going to use polite language... Or whatever it happens to be at school or on on the the Snapchat or whatever it happens to be. That can drag them down. You've got to snap them out of that and get straight back into normal state. So a lot of affirmations people use that I am happy. But as soon as you say I am happy, the unconscious mind goes, "Nah, forget it, I'm not happy, I'm miserable. (laughs) so what i do is i build in i i feel encouraged at the thought of being happy i feel hopeful at the thought of being happy whatever it is now work with the with the the client or the teenager to use their language okay i feel happy at the thought of being calm is a very very common one i use doesn't mean that they're calm now well, they want to be happy and they want to be calm. And if the thought of it, it snaps that state and throws the, the unwanted one away. And the mind then is concentrating on how you want to be.
0: So it's really a matter of faking it till you make it. Is that fair enough? Almost, yes. Right. Almost.
1: But uh, I, I liken it to walking down the seashore. If you're walking along the seashore and you collect shells, where do you look? Well, you're looking to the ground. Yeah, if, you, if you're an ornithologist, and where do you look?
0: You're peering up, up, upwards looking for the birds, yeah.
1: Exactly, but you miss all the seashells. Totally. And if you're looking down, you miss what's above. So the idea is to get people to bounce their vision or their feeling from the stuck state, e.g. seashells, to freedom... Oh, my God, there are seagulls up there. Wow.
0: So it's just per- changing the perspective. It's changing your look on the world.
1: Yes. But doing that, we also changed, I changed their physiology. Oh, okay. I had to, just before lockdown, I had a lovely young, young lad, uh, 12 years old, uh, being badly bullied. Mm-hmm. And he used to skulk around the edge of the playground. And because he was skulked, he his head was down, his shoulders was hunched. And you had a big banner above his head saying, don't notice me.
0: Totally. And of course,
1: because he was different to everybody else and moving in a way that's not the same as everybody else, he was getting picked on. And I said, fine. So when you walk around the playground from now on, I want you chin up, shoulders back. And I want you to imagine a big banner on the, your head saying, I'm all right. I'm the same as everybody else. I am good enough. Or I am work in progress.
0: Yeah.
1: I may not be good at football, but I'm really good at maths. And it sort of goes to it, that change of physiology. So when you walk, when when walked across the, the, the playground, he sent me a text at lunchtime. I saying, Piers, no one gave me aggro in the playground today. Thank you.
0: And I think that's the thing is that when you are, and especially with kids who might not have the experience, is that um, when you feel as though you are sort of trying to avoid sort of being in the limelight, trying to avoid sort of, you know, being picked on, um, you don't actually think of how you appear to everyone else because you internalise everything.
1: Yeah, but also he was, he couldn't communicate with his parents because he used to sit there going, I don't want to go to school. I'm being bullied. And, you know, Johnny Smith, and I apologize to anyone who called Johnny Smith. <laughs> you know, Johnny Smith is being horrid to me or whatever. And father father went, oh, come on, you know, grow a pair yeah. type of thing. So the parents weren't on the same hymn sheet.
0: So how do we, as parents, tune in then? How do we sort of, you know, get on the same sort of hymn sheet? How do we learn what's the right tactics for our kids? How do we even communicate with them? Because, you know, any self-respecting teenager doesn't want to always engage and open up to their parents. So how how do we sort of break down those barriers as parents?
1: Um, As parents, I think um, getting friends to volunteer to be godparents
0: yeah
1: is a great one um whether whether the godparent is five years older or 30 years older than than the person someone who's not a parent to turn to is very very good so a, he's,
0: good, a good role model then
1: yeah he, he's he's not a a teacher or anything like that it's a non-judgmental and he's been there we've all been in the you know in the schoolyard so to speak having not having a good time yeah and we We tend to forget it and think of the good times as we grow up. Oh, yes, the best years of my life, I got caned 10 times. It was painful. It was horrible. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: But so from that then, so how how can we communicate? I mean, okay, we've got a role model. It could be a youth worker. It could be, um, you know, an elder brother. It could be a godparent. But when you are a sort of parent peering at your sort of you know rather morose looking child over their sort of soggy cornflakes not wanting to go to school or you can suss out that maybe they're staying in their room too much and you desperately want to try and work out what is going on how can you tease it out of them how can you say to kids you know i'm i've got your best interests at heart i'm i don't want to judge but i need to learn what's going on i need to be able to support you
1: um if you say that to a child then most of the time they'll curl up and totally they'll
0: run a blimmin' mile.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's getting them to open up a bit and it's starting, it's the change has got to come from the parents. Okay. If I have a child, um a teacher rings me up and said, oh again, sorry Johnny Smith, if Johnny Smith is causing problems in the classroom, the first place I look is at the home. Right. And I get the parents to come and see me and I start talking to the parents and it's often that they can't communicate with the child. So the child's got this anger building up and building up and building up on the inside. So if if, if the parents can if you can teach the parents how to communicate with, with, with the child or change their approach, it's gonna work really, really well. Because every time a parent says something, it's hitting a nerve with the child, whatever they say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: So the parents has got to change, or the 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 significant authority has got to change their approach. Kids, kids, and teenagers—they don't—they're not good at changing approaches. It's got to come from the parents first.
0: And you have a couple of. Yeah, I know we were just discussing earlier. Um, so you've got a couple of techniques. Um, one of which you call the round room. Is that right?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, the round room. Um. Or is that
0: something
1: slightly different? Uh, no, the round room. It, it's it's. I work with it. Basically, what you're doing is putting two. You 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 create a safe space, and this is done in hypnosis, but you can do it. Um, it's an NLP technique that we've t- we've we've made into um, sort of a hypnotic. Um, I th- I think it improves it, but you need to see the person for one to one. But if you imagine um, you've got this issue with somebody. And you could say exactly what you liked, and you could call them every name under the sun, and get it all off your chest. Mm-hmm. And the other person is going to listen. How amazing is that going to be?
0: That, that I mean, yes, that that's that's worth its weight in gold, surely. It
1: is. So, if it, basically what I do is I set up two chairs, um, and I do. I, can, I, I do it online with Zoom, with, with people, I do it in my, my clinic. But you get them and say, fine, the person coming to sit opposite you is the person who's hurt you the most and stopping you from being the person you want to be and is responsible for the X, Y, Z, whatever, the, re, whatever the, the anger within you or the self-harming you're doing or the control of food and they're sitting opposite you, they cannot move, they cannot get up, and they cannot do anything unless I give them permission to do so. And if if they still won't talk to them, I say, and they are chained to the floor like a common criminal. They cannot move, and I'm going to put a gag on them to make sure that they can't say anything. And if you don't like their eyes, fine, I'll put some mirrored sunglasses on them.
0: So what's the purpose of this? What's, what's, what's the sort of, you know, the reasoning behind it?
1: it is releasing all the feelings on the inside rather than having the story is what's, how's that make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel angry. Great. Go and tell X, Y, Z, mum, dad, or whoever, how angry you are and what you, what you make me feel. You make me feel worthless. I hate you. I hate what you do to me because of, Whenever you look at me in that way, I, you make me feel small. I am 16, you know, not, not a 10-year-old is, is very, very common. Because 16-year-olds now, are, you know, are going on thirty.
0: Totally. Yeah. And, and I think that's one thing that us parents forget is the fact that we try, we, you know, we, we, and NLP sort of says all this is the fact that we, we look through the world through our own filters, through our own experiences. Mm-hmm. And our childhood is so inordinately different to, to sort of when we grow up, grew up. So that actually our childhood experiences, to all intents and purposes, could actually be quite redundant to what our child is experiencing. And yet we're still trying to parent from that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can remember as a child getting really excited when I had a pen, which I still use to this day, which have got four colours on it.
0: Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And to
1: me, this was wow. This was the iPhone <laughs> of of its generation.
0: Quite right. Yes, um, and you and turn it, it round, and a different and a, a different different sort of um, nib comes out, doesn't it?
1: That's right. I mean, you know, I've got four, cars, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Oh, you're so right. And if one person got one, everybody in the class got one, or whatever it was, it, and you went with with that, which are much more simple ways of doing it. Because and I know this sounds terrible but when we were young, or when yeah. I were young. You know, people didn't have the disposable incomes they have now, and now it's all now it's all touch screen. You know, kids saying, I want a, a MacBook Pro for, for Christmas. I want a new iPad for Christmas. That's four, five hundred quid. Yeah. I mean, we were lucky if we got a second hand bicycle.
0: <laughs> now you're going down memory lane, yeah. young man.
1: <laughs> so, so a lot of it, the kids don't, the kids have lost, I think they've lost, they've lost, they've lost a lot of value.
0: And the very the very fact that it's sort of um everything is now sort of so much more sort of available and spontaneous, and there's none of that waiting, and there's none of that yeah. sort of saving up and and things and, and whether or not we could have the internet to blame, you know, is sort of probably room for another program. Mm-hmm. But it's it is, it's it's very, very different in, in that um, everything is immediate now and and um, so it's, you know, children expect instant results as well, don't
1: they? Push button Well, The one thing that is not push button is time. If you take a small child, a little girl, and she's just drawn a lovely picture of a flower, and she'll have this flower and she's spent, And in 10, 15 minutes doing the flower and lots of maybe a bumblebee and the sun in the background, a bade of grass next door to it. And they go, I must show mummy and daddy. Look, mummy, 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 look, look, look at my flower, look at my flower. Go away, I'm busy. Can't you see I'm on the phone? Can't you see I'm cooking? Can't you see I'm whatever? And it doesn't take that too many of those for the child to start thinking, oh, actually I'm not as important. And this is what we do inadvertently, isn't it? And is this it. is what we do. And one of the interesting things is talking to a lot of parents during the lockdown is they have television-free evenings. Imagine. Everybody, yeah. everybody put your phones in the box. Hmm. But but no, phones in the box if you want to eat.
0: Yeah.
1: And they sit and they talk and they play games and they do all this sort of stuff, which they do, don't normally do because they have time. Yeah. And the old adage: the family that stays that plays together stays together.
0: Oh, totally. But I think the thing is, is that previously, pre pre sort of um, lockdown, pre coronavirus, we were all so tied up in our busyness. The mm. fact we were sort we were training our children that we don't have time to listen to them, or we don't have time to listen to the small stuff. And as you rightly say, that pretty flower with the bumblebee and the blade of grass next to it whilst to parents is the small stuff to children is massive it's it's it is they've invested their time and their heart and their energy into it and i think for, for parents we need to remember whatever age our kids six 16 26 that you know what they're experiencing is their world and it could be I mean, I, I've heard sadly so many parents dismiss the oh well, you know, okay, they've missed their graduation, but there'll be other opportunities. And that's not really the way to look at it because our kids are going through at the minute, not only with coronavirus, not only but every stage of their life for them is yeah. such a massive milestone.
1: Yes. So when you get when you get a what I call a closed family, where, you know quite obviously, you know, mum dad, they're, they're working shifts, they're working, doing whatever jobs they're doing, whether they're commuting. Um, a great friend of mine down in um, the West Country, talking to his son, who is in his A-levels, and I said, so, um, are you happy with your new house? And he said, dad lives on a train, doesn't he, here? Ooh. Dad catches a five past six every morning into London. And he gets home at 8.30 at night. I never oh. see Dad. And at weekend, he's too, he's too tired to do anything. Now, Dad is doing the best he can with the tools he has to give the child a fantastic education, to give them the nice holidays in wherever they go, to give them really cool clothes to wear and all that sort of stuff and a nice garden to sit in. And Dad has sold his, his soul to the devil, so to speak, of money. Now, that's dad. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing dad at all. But the, what message does that give to, the, to the, the children? Dad was never around. He was working. Dad doesn't care.
0: And I think what we're learning is it really is the simpler things and it really is the,
1: yeah.
0: the, 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 the time and the spending time together and communicating. <laughs> As you mentioned the closed family. Okay, and many people might go, oh, Flip, yeah, that's me, that's us. So how do we sort of become open families then if there is such a thing? Play. Simple as?
1: Yeah. If you've got a garden, go and get a badminton set. cheapest chips on the internet or in the shops. And if you can, buy from local shops because you're putting money into the local tills. Um, but something like that, get the kids playing. Get them doing team stuff.
0: Well, what yeah, about whether, a teenager that's locked in their room and doesn't really want to, thank you very much, do sort of either stuff with younger siblings or would rather be, you know, sort of dragged over hot coals to do something, you know, play-wise with parents?
1: Um, get them to help washing up. Get them to help do something where they're talking just normally about everyday stuff. Cooking and a family meal. Yeah, and you build it up from there. I'm a great believer in no TVs in bedrooms.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. And and yeah, we, we never funnily enough, I don't think our kids kids ever missed it.
1: Yeah. Because I mean they- i one one of the kids that I've been working with uh oh, when did I last him? November, uh, in his room he had a big forty-nine inch TV.
0: Well, why would you want to come out of your room then?
1: Yeah, with PlayStation, et cetera. And literally, he used to walk in the house, go to the fridge, get, pick up a yoghurt or whatever it was and go upstairs to his room and close the door. Because all his mates were online and he put his headset on and he then was, was practising killing people and blowing people up on some of these games. Yeah.
0: But we have to remember also that this is the world that we live in. And this is, yep. I mean, you know, this is our child's, dare I say it, because, I mean, I, I i am not one to sort of ban social media or to ban technology. Um, flip, sake the joke's on us because it's helped us throughout lockdown, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. But what I, do, what I do believe is the balance. And so, you know, whilst our kids are spending a lot of their social time online, then I guess it's our responsibility to, when they're not doing that, to get the balance and pull them offline and And to start interacting again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had a game with my my eldest. Um, And I apologize if you're listening to this young man. Uh, (laughs) Years ago, he was sitting there and there wasn't much communication. He was, was, you know, being a teenager.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And he kept talking to all his mates online. So I was sitting on the sofa one day and I sent him a message and I went, um, sorry to interrupt you, but could you make me gin and tonic, please? <laughs> Just to see what would happen. And he got up and he made me a gin and tonic and sat down and picked up his phone. And I said, thank you. And he looked at me and said, why didn't you say that out loud? And I said, because you don't like talking. He said, oh, I do. And as soon as we did that, he realised that he was spent the whole time on his, on his um, iPhone or whatever it was.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I said, Can we just have a half an hour for the evening family time? He said, yeah.
0: Yeah, you see, I I had, and I'm now going to have to apologise to my young man and say, if you're listening to this, dear, I'm sorry. But um, we had the very, very same. It was just sort of grunts and and nothing sort of, you know, cantankerous, just lack of communication. And... um, I needed to understand how can I get into his world? How can I speak his language? I I didn't want to do sort of you know because lots of parents will go well show ask them to show you a video game and you can get into their environment and I was reluctant to do that. So I started reading Game of Thrones because so Jack was sort of two books in and I thought and it was something that I really you know it wasn't really the sort of you know thing that I would have read before. But I just decided this is what floats his boat. This is what interests him, and so I was sort of follow. You know, I was following him two books behind on Game of Thrones, but it opened up conversation. It, it was a conversation that we could have that wasn't. Don't forget to do your homework. It wasn't. Why are you leaving your shoes by the door? Why don't you unload the dishwasher? It was just something like, "Oh my God, wait till you get to the red wedding bit or whatever." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was able to find something that interested him that was sort of. Just neutral that didn't create um a, a potential for sort of you know conflict, because mm. it's it's when parents find themselves just nagging and permanently sort of you know why why won't my kids do this? We've all got to pull in to, you know pull together, and to teenagers that's just blah 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 blah, and and they don't want to hear it.
1: Exactly, and one of the things I do say to a lot of the parents when I'm working with them, and again I try if possible, to work with the parents first, because if you can change the parents' attitude, the kids will change automatically. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, oh, well, I feel like an outsider. And I said, fine. So would you have liked your parents to be involved in your life at the same age? Oh, God, no. Totally. Absolutely. That's it. And I go, there you have it. And they go, oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I think, I think we, and this is obviously, I mean, this is where helicopter parenting, the phrase comes from, isn't it? Is we, we try and micromanage everything that our kids are doing. Yep. And, and and especially, which is fine when they're five, you know, you need to keep them safe and need to make sure that their shoelaces are done up and need to make sure that they eat their greens. But when we get sort of, you know, when our children are turning into young young adults, they do need the space and they need us to let go. And I think that's, that's the thing that we need to adjust to, to become, you know, from managing our kids to mentoring our kids, which can be a big transition for some. Thank
1: yeah, you. but going back to the round room in the chairs we were talking about a few oh, moments yes yeah if you have a child sitting in the chair opposite you and I'll take I'll, I'll describe it from the parent's point of view and the parent's sitting there going oh god that child makes me really pissed off or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. and you get the parent to say I love you but You make me feel. When you do this, it really aggravates me. And you get rid of all the parents' anger. And then you get, once the parents have done that, I said, fine, okay. Now look into your child's eyes. Now look into their heart and soul. Tell me what you see. Oh, I see my little baby. And, oh, he's lovely or she's lovely. And I can see she's got problems with her friends. And, you know, she wants to communicate, but I don't know how. And as soon as you get that and they see it from the other person's point of view, it gets rid of all that, that aggression, all those horrible feelings.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then if you don't get that, you get the parent to go and sit in the third chair, which I bring in. And the third person's an observer. And I said, You just watch us on the television screen, you've got mum, you've got son or dad and daughter, whatever it happens to be. These two don't get on to, so, oh no. God, dad's really got to change his attitude, hasn't he? And he's telling himself what he needs to do. So it's a, like, it's, like, it's a
0: bit like so watching yourself on CCTV. Yeah. Right, okay. It's like
1: commenting on Big Brother type of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just, just that, yeah. yes. And you, you get the person to, to disassociate themselves so that no, there are no feelings. They see their whole body in the picture rather than taking part.
0: So it's all visual, rather, isn't it, rather yeah. than sort of the emotional. So it's, yeah. it's looking at the body language, looking at the way someone's holding themselves and how they're yeah. portraying themselves.
1: And I often get the comment, like, God, Dad needs to go to life. <laughs> so what if the, the, his son doesn't get out of bed till 12 o'clock on a Saturday morning?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Whoa. And as soon as you get that, it gets rid of all those those, those pent-up feelings. So just to recap, if it's a parent's pissed off at a child or getting angry or can't communicate, you get the parent sitting down. You get them to say, look, close your eyes. Parents sit down. Opposite you is your child. They cannot move. They cannot get up, and they cannot do anything. Unless I give them permission to do so. And most importantly, this next bit, and when they leave the round room, they will forget everything that happened here. Oh,
0: okay, got you. Right. So there's no grudge. Okay.
1: And you say to the parent, I love you, but when you do this, you make me feel. And then they start. And all the emotions come up. All the feelings, the F word, the feelings.
0: Yeah.
1: They come up. And they say, when you leave your shoes by the back door or you don't wipe your feet or you, you leave the bathroom in a mess. And so mum's dad, whoever it is, has got it all out. And then when they see the child next, they're calm. Because the child it's goes- all been said. It's all been said, hasn't it? It's, yes. Yeah. And then the, and the child goes, what, you're not gonna shout at me today? No. Yeah. So the child goes up the room and if, because mum and dad have changed, or whoever's changed, they're yeah. not getting the same result. Mm-hmm. And the parents say, it was really nice. That night, Sanzo came down and we sat on the sofa and we just talked. What did you do to them? And I said, absolutely nothing. But you were sending out a different vibe. The sign post above your head was no longer, I'm angry at you. It was, I love you.
0: Because using your three chairs method, then... we've been able to get everything off our chest and therefore the resentment has, we've just let it all go. And that's, that, that, I mean, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Getting all that pent up, whatever it is, all that emotion out of your system, whether or not it's the three chairs, whether or not it's journaling, whatever works for you, but it's a matter of just do not let it fester inside and, and bring it out so that, yeah. So that, our body language changes, peers. Our state of mind changes. The language that we use changes. It's all a totally different communication, yeah. isn't it? Uh,
1: have you come across the, the letter, the letter technique?
0: No, tell me that
1: letter technique. If you've got somebody who's can't communicate or is having problems with another person, um, I say to them, okay, what you do is you get a large sheet of paper, make sure your mobile's off, and make sure that you're not going to get disturbed, and you write get your pen and you write, dear mum, dad, Fred, whoever. And you go, and you, you, you say, I hate you. you. You wind me up, blah, 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 blah. You tell them what they've done wrong, how it makes you feel, how it makes you, what it makes you do, what it makes you think. And they just write it. And I said, and you've got to write it really fast. Don't correct any spelling. Just write it, write it, write it, write it. And I said, you, you'll stop probably about four or five pages. In in 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And they go, and they all said they're really hot at the end of it, because you're letting all the, the, yeah. the feelings out. Then put it in an envelope and put it away for anything from two to five days. They put it away for two to five days and then said, open it again. And then read it and go, PS. <laughs> and they do the rest of the the emotional stuff. So anything oh, wow. that anything that hasn't come up comes out. Yeah? Oh no, you see I've
0: done the letter but I'd never done the PS. That's a really cool yeah cool addition.
1: Yeah, because the first one is you're going to you're going to let off steam and the the, the PS is actually the, a lot of the detail.
0: Oh wow, yes. That's that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, then you seal it and you write the person's name on it. And I did this quite recently with um a girl who was seriously messed about by her boyfriend really, really horrible. And this messed her up. She was self-harming. She was a food strike. So she and we, doctor we doctor. just did, she didn't want to talk about it. And I said, fine, I'm just going to go and put my back, back to you. I'm going to look out the window for 20 minutes. I want you to sit at my desk. Here's a pen and paper and write dear up, X. And I said, I just want you to write down everything you need to. And there's a spare box of tissues in the, in the left hand drawer. And she went through a box and a half of tissues, but she got it all out. I said, right, take it home, put it away for two, three days, then read it, P.S. I said, then what I want you to do is write his name on it and where you think he is. If you haven't got to address, that's fine. If they've passed on, if it's a historical one, maybe grandma, grandpa, great uncle, whatever it happens to be, or a teacher that made your life difficult, it's like... Fred Bloggs, and again, sorry if anyone's called Fred Bloggs. um, The street London, if they're somewhere in the London borough. Yeah. Then you go outside with a match or a lighter and you burn it. And you watch it go up on flames. And then you go upstairs and you have a bath or shower and you wash from the highest follicle of your hair down to the base of your toes from the top of your head all the way down to the tips of your toes and just scrub it behind your ears, get your wax things out in your ears, you know, (laughs) clear your ears out, nostrils, you name it, wash it all away. And then you're done. And I got this uh, call about a week later from this complete stranger. I knew who she was because her her phone, on my my phone, it came out with her name. Hi, Piers, how you doing? (laughs) Hey! totally oh. different went to the cinema last night and dad and i had fish and chips unheard of yeah actually got dad to watch a chick flick it was so cool she wasn't communicating with her parents before because she was embarrassed and dad gave her a look one day and she took that as a disapproving look you see i worked with dad as well you know and he he said oh my god i've been giving her the wrong signals haven't i and he he went through some tissues and he said i've been a really horrible father no you haven't you were doing the best you could with the tools that you had yeah you you would never go out of your way to hurt your daughter absolutely not I said, fine you were just your map of the world was different to her map of the world
0: yeah and I think that's the thing, as parents is that we need to understand we're coming we we very often come from our own sort of um even i was going to say place of judgment i don't even that but but from our own point of view, our own map of the world, and actually sitting in a chair or understanding you know but walking a mile in someone's shoes it it's it's just sort of helps us gain. Perspective of what someone else is going through, and we might not even begin to want to understand it. But it's just knowing that it's not the same sort of model of the world that we've got.
1: Mm. It's called control.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. Okay. When they're when they're, as you said, you know, earlier on, you said when they're five or six, yes, you have to make sure they tie their shoelaces and wipe their bottoms, so to speak. But when they're older, let them learn from their mistakes, but be there to help them pick it up. Totally.
0: I think that's the thing we can't we can't live our children's lives but we can be there to guide them through the messy bits
1: yeah but at the moment i mean you know uh, certainly here in suffolk it's very very nice weather uh and one way of getting your kids away from their tvs and their um phones is have a barbecue outside yeah and another game you can have, which is always quite a fun one, is you get all the you get them all to put their phones face down in the middle of the table, and the first person to touch their phone does the washing up oh <laughs> and you make it into a game, and if you're really mean, you have a second phone you and you just go inside and you 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 text one of them <laughs> that's
0: just that, that's breaking the rules
1: <laughs> um, oh. Wow but that's again it, it's a way you just it it's it's breaking that 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 habitual i'm not going to talk to you
0: it is it's 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 cr- yes creating a different pattern isn't it yeah um and and creating opportunities for our children to understand that we've got their back really and that yeah. we're there to support them
1: yeah and when you're cooking a barbecue whatever it is you know if it, if your kids aren't into drinking or whatever it was you know water coke well it doesn't doesn't have to be alcohol just sit just sit so can you give me a hand or hang on tonight you're you're gonna you're gonna cook i'm just gonna sit and watch
0: yeah
1: yeah or or talk and you just talk about anything that they want to talk about
0: yeah well, I think that sort of breaks it out, doesn't it? Because it doesn't feel like the Spanish Inquisition and you're not sitting, for, you know, peering at each other over the table and looking like you're judging. I think when you're sort of moving pots and pans around or turning sausages or whatever it is, it's sort of is that sort of that invisible barrier to not being um, sort of under the, under the sort of magnifying glass and being yeah. sort of scrutinised the whole time. You know,
1: when, I work, when I've worked with couples in the past and I'm not that keen on working with two people in the room at the same time, I'd say, go for a walk. Yeah. Rather than sit in a room, go for a walk. And if it's pouring with rain, just wear a hat and a raincoat. The whole point of going for a walk is got, they're looking ahead and there are other things around, whether it's a, a pigeon on a building or a pigeon in a tree, depending where they are, it yeah. makes no difference. Yeah. But they're looking ahead and it's non-confrontational. Yeah. They're talking to empty space, even though the person's on the left or their right. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. safe to do so. And even if one of them says something really profound and they keep walking, the other person will keep the same speed rather than stopping and arguing.
0: Yes, fair enough. Yeah. But
1: it gives them space. And it's all communication.
0: Which is space particularly is what many households are crying out for
1: at the minute. Yeah. Very oh, much
0: Thank you so much. You've given us Pleasure. You've given us loads and loads. I, I will sort of put a pricey in the um, in the show notes as well. But Piers, how do people get hold
1: of you if they want to? What's what's the best uh, way? The easiest way to get hold of me is either through suffocatherapy.co.uk or lightbulbnlp.com. Brilliant
0: thank you so much um, you've given us lots lots to think about and i'm going to remember also that p.s at the end of the letter
1: that's the important one <laughs> it is it is I a mr trick
0: <laughs> piers thank you so much
1: all right speak Take to you bye-bye Bye.
0: thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast if you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.